Dive into the thriving local arts, entertainment, and food scene with coasting editor Jerry Boggs and his guests. Let us be your guide to the creative South Coast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another uh, Coastin podcast. We've got another uh, special guest with us, this time remotely. Uh, we're talking to Joe Rocco from the South Coast uh, Comedy Series. Joe, how are you today? Jerry, good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, taking time to join us and, uh, and talking a little bit about the Comedy Series. Uh, can, you, can you give me some background on uh, kind of how this, uh, how this was, uh, came to be? Well, my, my main profession in real life, as my wife likes to say, is video and television production. It's what I've been doing since I left Channel 10 back in the late 90s. But I accidentally fell into the comedy business back in uh, 2001 in Newport, and I co-promoter, co-coordinator, co-founder of the Newport Comedy Series. I was a 15-year run in Newport. We had just about every major comedy star you could imagine at the Newport Yachting Center. The series ended in 2015, and we thought we'd like to try to bring back some top-notch, popular, well-known comedians to the South Coast area, mainly whites of Westport. And we're doing that with this South Coast comedy series. Two shows down and three to go. How did the, uh, how the first two shows go? Great. You know, when you start something new like this, even though whites is a popular place, um, but this is, you know, not all stand-up comedy is the same. Uh, no disrespect to other shows out there. There are some great shows out there. But as I learned years ago in starting the Newport series, a key to that series becoming one of the most popular in the country was the fact that we brought in and almost overspent a little bit, bringing in really, really good, polished comedians. Um, there's nothing worse than going to a stand-up comedy show where one or two out of the three, or maybe, God forbid, all three comedians aren't that funny. It's brutal. It's, it's worse than going to the dentist, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. And I love stand-up comedy. However, the flip side of that is when you see someone who's really funny or two people who are really, really funny, I think, and I said this before I got in the business, it's the best value and entertainment, best night out for 25 bucks, which is what most of our tickets cost, because you know what you're going to get. You're going to have a great time. You're going to laugh. You're going to feel good afterwards. Um, you know, where can you go these days to be thoroughly entertained for 25 bucks with free parking in a nice place like White's? It's interesting because it's kind of a, a long-term approach. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that you're planning on being around for years to come. Well, you know, a reporter asked me that back in 2001 when we started Newport. And I try to look at things long-range. And, yes, we hope to build the South Coast Comedy Series into an annual spring event, five shows this year. Um, I think ideally it real, the series should be like six to eight shows. We've got a little bit of a late start this year. Um, and... Uh, but there's no reason why, if things continue to go well, uh, the first two shows went well, the crowds were a little bigger than we expected. For Gilbert Godfrey, the, it's going to be our biggest crowd yet. Um, there's no reason why we can't come back with six, seven, eight shows in 2020. And we really appreciate the locals there in the Fall River, New Bedford area supporting these shows. And, and the reason we're, we're overspending a little bit for these comedians, I think it's better than any advertising you can do, is that word of mouth. Because when people leave the shows, and so far the reaction's been overwhelming, and they go tell their friends and relatives, they may not even remember the comedian they saw, although they'll remember a Lenny Clark or Tom Cotter or certainly a Gilbert Gottfried. But that word of mouth will build the room. If you're patient enough, it happens every time. And I guess uh, 
you know, give us a little bit of a, of a scolding for, for anybody who hasn't been. Who, who have we missed so far? Who's, who's been up uh, to start the series? Well, we started April 12th with Tom Cotter, who became nationally known uh, when he almost won America's Got Talent about six years ago. He was the first runner-up, uh, Warwick, Rhode Island, originally. Very clever guy. But the opener for that show was Tony V. And Tony V, out of the Boston area, is a well-known comedy club headliner, um, performed everywhere. He's performed in front of 100 people, and he's performed in front of 15,000 at the Boston Garden under uh, Dennis Leary's Comics Come Home show. Um, and then... Uh, Two weeks ago or ten days ago, we had Lenny Clark with Paul D'Angelo. D'Angelo, another guy, local Boston area headliner, arguably the funniest comedy club headliner in the country. I've probably booked him and seen him 20 times over the last 18 years. Kills every time. Most people don't know him. Um, We had about 400 people in the room on uh, May 4th, and probably 350 of them don't even remember Paul's name. But they do remember, as we've heard, the funniest guy that I've ever seen. And we did that with Paul and Tony, and we're doing it again with a guy named Steve Gilmette who's going to open for Gilbert Gottfried this Saturday, because, again, we want uh, people to leave the room saying they saw a fantastic show, not just a good show. And it costs us more money to do that. These comedy club headliners are five times more than the typical opening act you would see at a venue or at a comedy club. But, again, it's a decision I made years ago. I think it's money well spent to make sure people see a fantastic show, really two headliners in one night. I was going to so say, so Steve it's kind of like, like a double header. You know, you're getting uh, you know, two headliners for the price of one, really. That's a good analogy. And, uh, and that's what we're doing throughout the series. Ray Harrington opens for Pablo Francisco on June 8th. Ray alone will be worth the $25. Ray is absolutely hilarious. He's from Warwick, Rhode Island. A lot of people don't know him yet. Um, I think they will in a year or two down the road. He's really, really funny. Now, most people will buy tickets and come to see Pablo because he's nationally known. He's been all over national television for years. Um, but they're going to get a nice surprise when they see Ray Harrington, kind of the icing on the cake. That's excellent. Um, is booking these shows a little bit easier because you're kind of in the uh, close to Boston? I know there's been a lot written about the comedy scene in Boston and the uh, the kind of the rise of the Boston comics. Um, there's a lot of talent out there within a within an hour or so drive. Well, yeah, th- there is and there isn't. Um, my partners in the show are the Comedy Connection East Providence, and um, their main role has been, among others, to book these comedians because they're dealing with agents and comedians, you know, every week because they're open uh, basically 340 days a year or something like that. So they're booking the comedians, but. To get a Gilbert Godfrey, to get Pablo Francisco, to get a Nick DiPaolo, who we have June 1st, you have to provide some routing for them because they're coming from New York or L.A. generally, and they're not going to come in for just one show. So you have to find other venues and work with other promoters. So, for example, Gilbert is doing Chicopee Mass on uh, Thursday. He's doing us uh, Saturday, and on Friday he's doing Portland, Maine. So that way they come in, um, you know, they stay generally in one area. I think it would be in Providence or Westport and go to different shows. So the routing has to be in place. That's a little tricky, too, sometimes, because all the venues, the other venues, in this case, Chicopee and Portland, A, have to have availability when you want them around your date, and then they also have to want to have the act. So that's how it gets a little bit tricky, and that's why a decent amount of time goes into booking these comedians, done mostly by the comedy connection and my help a little bit. But back to your point about, yes, there's a, a lot of talent 
in the Boston. From Boston to New York, there's probably a thousand comedians, um, and probably ten percent, in my opinion, are really, really good in the Tony <laughs> V, Paul D'Angelo, Ray Harrington league. Um, so that's why if you just blindly go into a comedy club, the odds are very much against you seeing a great show. Um, no disrespect to all the other comedians out there. You may see a decent show, and there's, there's some talent out there, but it's a really hard thing to do. And being a comedy fan for years and being in the business since 2001, probably seen and worked with 300 comedians. Um, very few are really, really good. Um, so that's why you have to be careful you know, who you book and who you have. But when you put two really funny people together, um, it's, it's, it's magic. And we love pe- seeing people laugh, and we love getting the great feedback. You know, comedy is a little bit subjective. So, um, you know, if you come to White Saturday night, Gilbert will probably have, you know, 400 out of 430 people laughing hysterically. There's always going to be those, you know, that, that 5% maybe that's not going to get it or not finding that funny. But the 95%, because especially since they know what they're going to get and they'll be Gilbert Gottfried fans, will probably be rolling in the aisles. You know, a lot has been written uh, about kind of uh, comedy in the modern world and and uh, the challenges of not offending someone or should you offend someone or how closely do you walk the line or how far do you cross the line. Uh, from your standpoint, is it harder? Um, are comedians being more, more safe? Is it? Uh, have you seen the landscape change? Well, I've certainly seen the comedy club headliners, the guy at that, the guys and, and ladies at that level have stayed away from the, uh, uh, the hazardous political landscape that's out there. So you, you generally are not going to hear any Trump jokes or o- Obama, Hillary Clinton jokes. Um, and, and they're smart to do that because, you know, why, why alienate maybe half your audience? Um, even though they might be funny. Now, the bigger acts, now, now Amy Schumer, who we had in Newport in 2014, um, you know, she, you know, at that level, comedians making millions of, of dollars, um, if they feel strongly enough, I guess they don't care and they still do it. Although I, I think that maybe has hurt her attendance a little bit. Um, there was an incident, as you may remember, I think leading up to the election in 16, where lots of people walked out on her shows. Um, so, you know, that, that's up to them. I mean, if, uh, if you're Lewis Black, um, he, he's always, you know, done it both ways. I think most people know what uh, side he's on, so to speak, but um, he'll criticize both parties. He's always done that, walked that tightrope. Um, I think that's just smart business. So you've got to do both sides equally if you're talking about political jokes or none at all, and uh, most are doing none at all. That's probably a smart decision. I, know, I read a, uh, an article on Gilbert recently where he talked about, you know, maybe not the political landscape, but just uh, um, pushing people outside their comfort zone, being being uncomfortable, making jokes that, uh, yeah. that uh, you know, too soon or uh, <laughs> just, just make you squirm a little bit. And uh, he seems to, you know, for a guy who... Uh, probably half of his uh fans know him as a as a as a voice of a cartoon um you know it's kind of fun to see him make people uh squirm in their seats a little bit well no doubt there will be some squirming on saturday nights at whites of westport yeah and uh and you know the other good thing when uh there's something called youtube and on youtube the nice thing is 
if someone says, hey, you should, you know, you want to go see Gilbert Godfrey Saturday night, well, I don't know, is he funny? Well, here's the thing. Go to YouTube. Watch 10 minutes of one of the 30 clips that's up there, and I think you'll know after the 10 minutes whether or not you want to see him, or any comedian for that matter. Um, people ask us all the time, oh, you got it the series, who's coming this year, blah, 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 the Newport days, and even now for the South Coast comedy series. And I'll say, well, I like this guy, and I like this guy, and if it was me, if I was to pick one or two shows, I'd come to these two. But you should go to YouTube and, and, and check them out. I was watching Nick DiPaolo this morning um, on YouTube because I've never seen Nick, and we got him June 1st. And uh, I've seen him on television, but I've never seen him live. And I was watching some clips, and uh, I think he's going to be funnier than I originally thought he was going to be because already some friends and some family members are saying, oh, we hear some things about Nick DiPaolo. Is that someone we should see? So I throw my two cents worth, but I always followed up with go to YouTube and watch the comedian yourself. It's, it's a great little resource. It's an interesting angle because I wondered if it made it harder for comedians because the the risk is higher that somebody's seen your joke before. You know, before, you know, probably 90% of the audience was coming in cold and, and you could surprise them with something. Whereas YouTube, if you have kind of a, a you know, kind of an act, um, people may have seen it on YouTube and it may make it more difficult. But but I think your uh, your case is, is uh, an interesting one that you might actually end up with a more friendly audience because they know a little bit more what to expect. Well, exactly. When you deal with nationally known comedians, and the Nick DiPaolo's, Pablo Francisco's, Gilbert Gottfried's, Tom Cotter's, are nationally known comedians. So you have comedy club people, and you have nationally known comedians, and then you have theater slash arena people, the Kevin Hart's, Amy Schumer's, Jeff Dunham's of the world. At the South Coast Comedy Series, for now anyway, we are booking comedy club headliners and nationally known comedians. So... If you go to YouTube, the key is, if, if you're not sure, because maybe a friend asked you to go or encouraged you to go see uh, Gilbert Godfrey, but you're not really sure, I think YouTube's a good resource to watch, not an hour's worth, because then you're going to maybe see the same material or most of the same material, but uh, it's kind of like sticking your foot in the water. Watch <laughs> five or ten minutes. Um, and, and just get a feel for, because most cases, I've done it myself as a fan, I still do it. Um, again, I don't pretend to know and see every comedian. Um, I know pretty much after watching 10 minutes of a comedian if, if I want to see that person yeah. or not. And it's also different when you're in a room full of other people who are, um, you know, the, the energy is so different when everybody else yeah. is cracking up, when, you know, right. maybe, maybe you've had a couple drinks, uh, right. you know, you're having a good time. It's uh, it's so totally different than, than watching a, you know, a Comedy Central special on your TV. You know, it may be funny on TV, but I think in person it's going to be you're going to have a vastly different uh, experience. Absolutely. And that's the other thing you're going to take with a grain of salt. So if you watch the clip and you're kind of on the fence, give the comedian the benefit of the doubt because of what you just talked about and, and go see the show and invest an hour and 25 bucks or 15 or 30. I mean, most shows are in that range. And there's also, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, it's uh, comedians are, are uh you know, everybody's always trying out a new joke, a new bit, and also the the rapport with the audience is different every time. So it's uh, that's part of one of the interesting things. Whereas you know, maybe going to a concert, you know, U two is going to do the same set list for every show, and you know, during X song, they're always going to pull somebody up out of the audience to dance on the stage. It's it's almost like it's scripted. Whereas comedy shows are maybe a little bit more free flowing, a little bit more uh, um, un, un uh, unpredictable. Absolutely, and that's another thing that makes comedy fun. 
and we, we're just happy that so far, and we're still at first base here, but so far people are, are coming, and they're, I think, the ones who have attended the first two shows, and the four or 500 will be there Saturday, that they see that there is a difference in the comedy talent that we're bringing to White versus what other comedy talent might have been for some or most of the shows in the past in that neck of the woods, the basically Fall River, New Bedford area. I'm not saying our shows are the best, the greatest ever, because there's been some other talented people who have come through, but we want to do it consistently, you know, five, six, seven, eight shows every spring, and who knows, maybe one day it, it, it evolves into a fall series as well. Now, earlier you were talking about how, kind of how difficult it is to, to get up on stage in front of a crowd and be funny. Um, you've been booking comedians for a long time. Do you have chops? Have you uh, have you uh, done it yourself? <laughs> I, I'm smart enough to leave the comedy to the uh, performers. So basically all I'm doing is interview, uh, introducing the comedians, and I get off stage as quickly as possible and let them do their thing. Have you I mean, been tempted? once in a while, maybe, if I hear a good joke, I'll throw it out and hopefully get a laugh and, like I said, then uh, get out of there. Have you been tempted, or is it like watching kind of a guitar hero where you watch that and you're like, <laughs> I, I can't do that? <laughs> I wish I could do it. I mean, I wish I could, but it's, you know, you got to know your limitations. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, sometimes you see some of these comedians on the radio on these call-in segments, uh, which we did for 15 years in Newport with various Rhode Island stations, and some of them were very good, but what's, what's painful sometimes is when the on-air announcer or DJ tries to be the comedian. <laughs> and um, that doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes that's the best part, too. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. maybe sometimes you know, comedy's unintentional. This, <laughs> there's been so many funny comedians, you just it's the easiest thing to do. I mean, in my other life at Channel 10, interviewing athletes and coaches, that was often difficult. They're not the most articulate bunch, but comedians are very easy. If you do a little bit of homework and you know their shtick or their personality, you can tee them up pretty good and let them go, and it's, and it's riveting radio, or in this case, podcasts. Well, excellent. I appreciate you uh, again taking time for us and uh, look forward to uh, to Gilbert Gottfried this weekend and uh, all your shows coming up. Um, if you want to run through the dates again and uh, let everybody know where they can get tickets and uh, and who's going to be coming up uh, to close out the uh, the series this year, your inaugural series. Southcoastcomedy.com is the website. There are also some general admission tickets available if you go to White's. Um, they have some. Um, and we have June 1st, Nick DiPaolo, June 8th, Pablo Francisco, and this Saturday night, the uh, the crazy Gilbert Gottfried you never know what's going to happen so it's at southcoastcomedy.com especially if you've never been to a real true you know higher end stand-up comedy show take a chance and spend an hour and a half with us and see what happens Joe thank you again for joining us all right Jerry thank you best of luck thank you take care you too